All right, it is 7 p.m. Are we streaming? <clears throat> All right. Thanks, Rob. Call the meeting to order then. Welcome, Mr. Weedman, Mr. Porter. It is 7 p.m. on Tuesday, May 18th, 2021. Uh, we're here for our regular trustee meeting, second one of the month. Does someone have an invocation for us, first of all? I do. All right. If everyone uh, who's able to would please stand, we'll have the invocation and then we'll do the Pledge of Allegiance. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your blessings. We praise you for your provisions. We ask that you smile upon our lives, our families, and our township, Lord. We pray that it be a place of love, joy, and peace. We thank you for your mercy and your grace, Father. We ask that your Holy Spirit guide us in everything we do, Lord. It is to you, Lord, that we pray for thoughtful, calm, open, and respectful discussion of all matters here before us this evening. And we pray that your wisdom prevails in all decisions made here tonight, Father. It is to you that we offer our prayer and our praise, and we thank you for hearing us each and every day. It is in the saving name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mr. Kellams. I ask everybody to join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Mr. Porter, good evening. Would you call the roll, please? Mr. LaBarbera? Here. Mr. James? Here. Mr. Weedman? Present. Thank you. Next, uh, we're having a hybrid meeting this evening. Some of us are here in the meeting room. Some of us are appearing remotely by Zoom in the manner that state law currently permits. Um, there may be items this evening which some of us need to sign. Do each of you uh, who may need to affix a signature to anything tonight give approval for your electronic signature to be affixed to it? And I give my approval. I give my approval. I, give I my do. Approval. I do. Thank you, everyone. All right. Next, we have uh, minutes on the agenda here. We have our May 4th, 2021 public hearing minutes, first of all. Is there a motion as to that? And there is a second. All right, we have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Mr. Porter, will you call the roll, please? Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. And next, we have the minutes of our regular meeting from Tuesday, May 4th, 2021. Motion is, to approve. Is there a second? And there is a second. All right, discussion? Hearing none, Mr. Porter, call the roll, please. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. All right. Next on the agenda, we have public comments. Do we have anyone signed up? Uh, yes, sir. We have Mr. Jay Janis. All right. If you could uh, get the clock up for Mr. Janis, then we can begin. Okay. Good evening, Jay. Am I supposed to be able to see the clock? Uh, when it's up, it's hold gonna, on just a moment. It's going to take a moment uh, to pop up. Okay. <clears throat> well, come on.
Bruce, would you like the football meetings at two minutes? You just shout out two minutes. We could do that too. If, uh, how about we go ahead and begin, Skylar, and That's you can fine. just give uh, cues I'll give if you needed. A two minute warning, Jay. Okay. Are we ready then? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Are. Thank you. Um, I'm going to start my comments tonight with some recent issues that have been ongoing with Sycamore Township and Hamilton County Soil and Water District. This involves possible um, placement of trees along the right of way of approximately 17 township streets. It's my understanding that um, Assistant Administrator Kellams has been actively involved in this, representing the township um, with some suggested streets. Uh, I'm also in receipt of a letter um, dated August 4th, 2020, signed off on representing Sycamore Township Ray Warwick Administrator, Tracy Kellum, Superintendent Assistant Administrator, interesting more or less indication of a letter of cooperation between the two agencies. Another form here says Cooper Creek Collaborative Consent Form, which um, the property owners are, I guess, required to sign off if they want the tree in their tree lawn and they would be responsible for the maintenance. Last but not least, I have the list provided, <coughs> um, which is naming 17 trees, excuse me, 17 streets. So my understanding there's this has been going on and forth for some time. My personal uh, observation is, since I'm a resident of one of these streets, many of these streets have absentee landlords from um, revert, reviewing public records. Many of them are not of the not not in the um, owner operators. They're not in our county, not in our area. Some are completely, you know, all over the United States. Um, I was wondering if the township trustees and administration, and because to, in, in essence, it's going to take a long time to get all the signatures of absentee landlords, in my opinion. I was wondering if the township would consider sending these letters out to the, all property owners on these streets. And from my experience before than the prior administration, they have the system already developed where they can hone it in to the exact addresses for consideration. Maybe possibly give say 30 day notice. Minutes, okay, maybe, thank you. Maybe possibly say give 30 days to respond, then at least you would have, um, um, some time. Otherwise, I think if people go door to door, be it volunteers or other people, it's going to be very uh, time consuming. And that's pretty much my request, suggestions, and input for tonight. And I thank you for your time. Thank you, Mr. Janice. And do we have someone else signed up? Uh, yes, we have a Barbara. I apologize, I don't have her last name. Paul Waddell. Oh, thank you. Barbara, did you wish to speak? Uh, I was just here to participate in the meeting regarding Red, White, and Booms 4th of July. So at this time, no. But you'd like to be heard when that's before us then? If necessary. Okay. Sure. All right. Thank you. All right. Any other public comments? All done? That's it. All right. Very good. Move on to the Sheriff's Patrol report. Mm -hmm. uh, Lieutenant Mike Tarr is online here with us somewhere. There we go. How are you tonight? Good. How's everyone doing? Good. Um, other than the fact that we're, we uh, are no longer operating on our COVID restrictions, uh, we're back to normal uh, routine patrol, which like we talked about early, early last year, I, I don't think people are really going to notice much difference, but um, that's all I had for tonight. So we have to obey those speed limit signs now, I guess, huh? <laughs> Please do. Okay. 
Not that we ever don't. All right, thank you very much. Any questions for Lieutenant Tarr from anyone? All right, we will move on then to the EMS and fire report. Chief Penny? Yes. Um, COVID update, we've had, we got currently three patients that are quarantined in the homes. Uh, two of them are in one home. Um, that's it. They're going pretty good with that. And then uh, the vaccine situation, we uh, received the um, Johnson & Johnson, they banned it, and then we got it back. So we, we did give all the homebound patients their, their vaccines. I think Jerry talked about that last, last meeting. Um, we currently have some J&J &J left, and we do have some uh, residents that we got lined up to finish that out. And we've had, we got, I think, four firefighters that had the COVID at the time that we were given the vaccine, so they're going to get the, this one too as well. So we're going to use that up. Um, the other thing is uh, I need to get permission from the trustees to start a hiring process where uh, one of our full-timers took a position with Cincinnati Fire Department, so he'll be leaving us in June. So we got to do a, uh, um, a, a testing procedure and everything to hire another fill that vacancy so chief, chief who was that that left joey homan okay one of the guys we just hired not too long ago yep these young guys they want that city life so um and then the only the last thing i have is um not the reminder of the memorial day parade and that uh, i will be picking up any of the trustees that want to participate in the parade at the bechtold park at about 9 30 ish Somewhere that starts at 10, so 9.30 at Bechtold Park, and then uh, we'll take it out to the, down to the site. And then I think, uh, I don't know exactly what the route of the parade is. I don't think it changed, but you'll basically walk back to Bechtold Park. Great. I, bl I believe it's the same as, la as last time. I think. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Silverton will be down Silverton. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll get all the stuff for you for handouts and that, so everything will be taken care of. Excellent. Thanks. Thanks, May we get a motion for him to proceed on the hiring? We, uh, proceed to uh, to uh, review a uh, new firefighter to replace uh, Homan. Uh, is there a second? There is a second. All right. Any discussion as to that? Is that sufficient as to your needs? Yes. As to the motion? All right. Uh, Mr. Porter, would you call the roll, please? Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Okay, any questions for Chief Penny about anything from anyone? All right, thanks, Chief. Moving along here then, uh, roads maintenance and recreation report. Who wants to go first, uh, Tracy or Jason? I'll go uh, real quick. Uh, first thing I want to address is Mr. Janice's uh, request that uh, Cooper Creek Collaborative, if you remember, uh, we dealt with that last year. We came with this agreement, and it is Cooper's Creek responsibility mm -hmm. to get all those signatures from the homeowners because we didn't want to uh, put trees in homeowner yards if they didn't want them. Mm -hmm. So uh, if, if there's people volunteering to do that, they are volunteering for Cooper's Creek, and that will be their responsibility. And the... Uh document that has to be signed is explicit it has to be by the property owner right that was something the board had insisted on i think as part of this yes. so uh let's go into uh scott do you have that slide 
Yep. Uh, a new red, white, and booze private fireworks event. I know all of you received this in your packet. I'll just uh, present this quickly. And uh, if you have any questions, I'll let Mr. Petty take over. I know you all got a, a letter from Mr. Stanish Fortin and a map. Uh, if you look at the map, uh, Rossi's is basically where it was last year, where they're proposing. Uh, it's a smaller zone, as I've noticed it was last year, because last year they had to get the neighboring uh, property owner to agree because it extended over the trees. So I don't know if that's going to be the uh, same size as last year or not. But uh, as you've all seen the map, uh, this year they're requesting a stage for music, a, a area for food, an area for a beer garden selling beer from March 1st. A uh, couple, I know there's going to be a couple of uh, private VIP tents, private hospitality, and uh, various food trucks, I believe, also. So we've, uh, we, uh, um, Mr. Warwick and myself met with uh, Mr. Fortin and Ms. Holladell and had a conversation about this and asked them to put a packet together and present it to you. Uh, with an explanation, which is what you received in your packet. Uh, as you remember, last year was a private event. Uh, this year, they want to open it up to the public. Uh, they've requested uh, for no rental fees for any of the park and also for the township to advertise. Uh, basically, on the website, and on the, in our newsletter, uh, he makes a statement that uh, using the same communications as the 11th Annual Car Show, uh, the only difference being the 11th Annual Car Show is a township event. This is not. So uh, with that, I'll turn it over to you or Jason. I'm sure everybody has a lot of questions. Uh, that is uh, Mr. Fortin on the line. He is not. Ms. Holodell is still there, though. Did, was there anything else she wanted to present as to that? Hi. So, yes, I'm just basically here to answer any questions that you all have. And I know Mr. Fortin is trying to get into the meeting. Oh. oh okay. If he can succeed in that, we're happy to hear from him. Okay. Rob will take care of that. Yeah. Jason, was there anything you had to add from Park's perspective while we're waiting on him? No, the only so the only thing that I think was different, and I, I think I mentioned this in the last meeting, was just the the times on the ball fields. I do I do believe last year that he had to pay for the entire park for the entire time. So from Friday all the way through Sunday would be the dates that they were paid for. On this permit, it is only the actual times that he would need those fields that he has filled out for this permit. So that would be something I think that you guys would need to kind of discuss and decide whether it's, you know, you want to try to leave part of it. My opinion that if anything is set up on that ball field, that that would need to be rented for that entire time that that field to use. And we had soccer commitments otherwise for that. Is that right? Yes. Uh, yeah, there is, there is one, there's one team that has the field at that time but I've spoke with them earlier in the year and I didn't actually get a response from them. I emailed them and didn't get a response. So I don't know if they're aware of the event or not. Okay. 
Was Mr. Fortin able to get online here yet? Hey, Jason. Um, Jason, you've got uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. When is the cleanup then? When are they going to do the cleanup? So I would imagine that they will probably have to do the cleanup Monday. And that we did discuss that, that I have field rentals Monday evening. So it would have okay. to be done Monday during the day. It would be Saturday, Sunday, Monday this year, right? No, he's well, he, he right his permit right now he has set up for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know because so the, the actual holiday is is Sunday. Sunday. So the government recognized day off would be Friday, but he only has the rental for Friday, Saturday, okay. Sunday on this permit. Actually, the government holiday is Monday. It's Monday, the holiday. That's what I meant. I'm yep. sorry. Monday. And yeah, so in the area on the map, I do where it has food, that would be where in the parking lot where the food trucks would be set up as well. If there was any questions in there. All right. So it's not my only opinion, it is a private event. Uh, I think it sets a dangerous precedent to uh, give fields away for free on private events and for the township to do their advertising. I would agree. I, will leave it at that. I, I personally, I have no problem renting the fields to a resident who wants to rent them for an event. It, it is a private event. It's not an invitation only event from how it's been described, but it, just like with any church festival that is a private event that they invite the public to. I, I don't see a problem this year. I don't see the pandemic concerns we had last year for this and the fear that it's the only event in town because Blue Ash is doing their fireworks too and I assume others are, but right, it would be done on whatever terms we would do for anyone else with the rental and uh, paying rent for the use of the fields. And it's not a township event like the auto show. So, um, still no, Mr. Fortin. Uh, Barbara, was there anything else you wanted to add as to this? Or did anyone have any questions of her for any of this? Uh, I don't. I don't have anything to add other than what's already been said. And uh, you know, we were asking for the rental fee. Uh, my understanding when we talked about it was that there was um, there really wasn't a conflict with any of the sports teams using those fields. Um, when we're going to be using it. Uh, it's just that we have to make sure we're cleaned up by Monday night. Um, Jason, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, we strictly needed to have the room to have the tent set up on Friday. Rosie's doesn't come in until the day of. Um, I guess I was a little bit at a loss on why we would have to pay for the park, the entire park, if it's not, if it's not in conflict. And we so, were asking for a permit fee waiver. That's all. We, I mean, we we did operate in the black last year, and we'd like to build on this for the sake of the community, and the businesses around um, the community. For you know, it's it's a promotion of Sycamore Township. So, <clears throat> do you guys have any questions for me? I I want to I want to weigh in on this. Um, uh, I think it's important that before we make a decision that we we continue to understand all the facts. Um, last year, um, we had extended a um, a permit to use the park, and we had six conditions that we had put in place uh, as the uh, as part of the approval to use the park. Um, 
they proceeded to to violate five of those six conditions that we put into place. Um, at the July 13th meeting of 2020, after the event took place where we were where uh, uh, five of six conditions were violated, uh, Mr. Fortin came to the trustee meeting and he asked to uh, he came to speak at the meeting and um, uh, I'd like to just uh, if I could share this share this share this um, uh, video because I think this is important when we're, we're talking about people that are you know we expect people to follow the rules to act responsibly and this is what we got July uh, at the July 14th meeting uh, in Sycamore Township. So hopefully, Mr. Ford, are you aware there is a mandate to wear a face mask in public places and indoors? Yes, sir. You might put one on. this go on the audio is not great uh it goes on for the four minutes Tom, can you describe what's going on this is this muddy audio sorry but what's the point Describe what the point is that would be helpful, or if you could fix that. I don't know that we're 
accomplishing much other than making the point that it is the law currently to do it. With all due respect, we cannot understand the audio. Could you state your point, please? Gentlemen, maybe I can help. I remember this uh, incident very well. <clears throat> Mr. Forden had come to the meeting to take advantage of making public comments. While he was getting the podium out, he was not wearing a mask. And this is in July of last year when we were experiencing the second surge and everybody uh, was under a protocol to wear a mask. Um, I leaned over to Mr. Warwick and asked him if he knew why Mr. Fortin was not wearing a mask, and that was as he was pulling the podium up. Uh, Mr. Warwick was not aware of any reason why he was not wearing the mask. I asked him to wear the mask. Um, he responded to me that he had a copy of the Constitution in his pocket, um, and he knew his rights. Oh. I told him that he was going to have to wear the mask if he wanted to address the board. A mask was procured from him uh, for him from the lobby of the township hall. It was brought to him. He took the mask and instead of putting it over his nose or face, he wrapped it underneath his neck. I asked him why he was doing that. And he said he had a mask on. I asked him if he had any kind of disability that would prevent him from wearing the mask. He said, no, his only disability was for me. Um, he proceeded to refuse to wear the mask and I turned to the board, specifically to Mr. LaBarbera, who was the chair at the time. And I told Mr. LaBarbera that I recommended that the board not allow him to speak. Mr. Forden um, insisted that that was a viola violation of his first amendment rights. I jumped in and said, no, it isn't if you're not gonna comply with the law that all of us are complying with by wearing masks. A discussion ensued between the board about whether or not he should be allowed to speak. Mr. LaBarbera made a very um, common sense comment, which was, hey, if you go to a restaurant, it says no shoes, no shirt, no service. Same thing here. And eventually, um, because Mr. Forden uh, steadfastly would not comply with the mask requirement, was denied the opportunity to speak. Uh, Mr. Weedman, is that an accurate summary? That's a, yeah, that's a fairly accurate summary. I think what you're what you're uh, what you're not including is his final comments of Sig Heil as he walked out of the as he walked out of the um, the meeting room, walked out the front door, and tore the sign uh, off the front door that said um, that listed the state requirements for entering the building, including wearing a mask, and threw it on the ground. Um, look, the event he's proposing is not a township function. As we look at the proposal. I'm, I am not in support of the township subsidizing this private event with no charge to the applicant for the venue, and I'm not in support of the township advertising this private event either. This is a horrible precedent to set at, that every time we have a resident that wants to throw a private function at a township facility, they're going to be asking us to do the same thing 
as this applicant is asking us to do because it, we did it for them. This is a this is very bad precedent and it's very bad policy for the township. Furthermore, the infantile behavior we all witnessed by Mr. Fortin in the meeting July, July 14th should not be rewarded. If your five-year-old child did that at home, you wouldn't go to the refrigerator and get him a bowl of ice cream. You'd reprimand him and send him to his room. The whole idea that we're getting at is the request from a guy who has demonstrated he thinks the rules are made for everybody except him. This should be a warning to all of us in making this decision. And finally, let me say that I am totally opposed to renting out the entire park to anybody without a significant liability insurance policy in place to protect the township from any problems that may arise. That, any problems that may arise and especially when alcohol is being consumed. Sims Township has a policy that whenever they rent out the entire park, the organization that is renting the park has to provide a $2 million liability insurance policy. I would say that if the majority of the board were to approve this rental, that an insurance policy be required for at least $2 million in liability. Let me be clear. If someone was to consume alcohol at this event and kill somebody in an accident. Someone else has a live mic. Could you mute that, please, sir? I think it's Jay. I think it's Mr. Janus, yeah. Sorry. Mr. Janus, please mute your microphone, and I'm sorry to interrupt Mr. Weedman. Go ahead, Tom. If someone was to consume alcohol at this event and kill somebody in an accident on the way home, the organization at the very top of the list in a lawsuit would be Sycamore Township. I do not believe we should be exposing our residents to that kind of liability. So that's, that's my comments about this event. Tom, you mentioned, Tom Weedman, you mentioned six conditions they violated five. Do you know what they are, Pam? Uh, yeah, I think they they were uh, no food or beverage may be served. The event will be held from 10 to 1030. No outside entertainment is permitted. The event will be invitation only and the park will not be open to the public. The event may be promoted only to Sycamore Township residents. I think we know that he violated all five of those. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's not a question of, I, I know Barbara, has suggested that we're not being patriotic if we don't let them use the park. The reality is it has nothing to do with patriotism. I resent that whole position that they, that they presented to us in the past. The reality is we, we have to be able to count on people to follow the rules. Not only did, he, did Mr. Fort not follow the rules when, we had this, when he had this um, event last year, he came in and proceeded to not follow the rules that we had taped to the front door when he came in saying he must wear a mask because that's the state mandate. So, I mean, like I said, you know what, I think he thinks all the rules are, the rules are only for everybody else and not for him. And so we're entering into a situation where because of COVID, uh, because of the COVID thing being ended and a lot of people wanting to get out, uh, we're gonna probably have a lot of people in the park and we don't know about alcohol consumption or anything else. So at the very least, if, if, if this board agrees to approve this permit for this event, at the very, very least, we should at least have a $2 million liability insurance policy to cover the township in the event of some catastrophic thing occurring. Because we cannot, we cannot um, expose our residents to that kind of exposure, liability exposure for an event that is not ours. 
So let me ask Mr. Desai as to that insurance concern. Is is that a concern you have here and something you'd recommend? Um, yeah, I would. Um, so I do have the concern and, and I would recommend it. Um, you know, the way the township policy is set up when uh, we have small gatherings at one of the shelters, um, typically our policy will pick up any liability based on, um, you know, defective staircase or something of that nature. Um, here, the concern is that we have, um, you know, obviously a large event involving fireworks um, uh, for all the reasons, alcohol, et cetera. So it would be prudent to have um, insurance set up. That being said, you know, it could be a combination. Um, I presume Rossi would have some insurance for uh, their actual uh, handling of the fireworks. So um, I don't think it needs to be uh, insurance that covers things that um, an independent contractor or an independent uh, player might have. But the general concept that we should have um, somebody who's renting the park and doing this kind of event have a um, liability insurance policy of at least a million dollars, um, I think is very prudent on the township's uh, part if they would enforce that. Uh, Mr. Miller, Mr. Fortin had texted me again saying he still didn't have an invite. Uh, I've texted to him and emailed him since okay. even since the meeting no. started. He's not waiting to speak, correct? Uh, there is a, I, I think his phone number might be, might be logged in. I don't, I don't, I don't. He's on. That's him. He says, "Okay." Yeah. So he, he's he's on the call, but he's he's muted right now. All right. If there's anything he'd like to add, this is his proposal. Now's the time. I I would like to speak. Uh, first of all, I think I came to all of you last year, and I told you the situation um, that was surrounding the private party that we did have. And that was that, um, you know, as a fundraiser for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, my husband and I had purchased a party uh, in the fall of 19. And we did not know at that time the situation that we were all going to be living under. I just want to say that last year is a, is a good year to just kind of uh, let bygones be bygones. And I would like to impress upon all of you that it's a good idea to let the community heal. It's a good idea for people to come together and have a reason to celebrate. Um, as far as the private party went, Mr. Weedman, we were gonna have food trucks last year and we, we had some on reserve that we pulled back per your request. You said that we invited multiple communities. I guess maybe some went into Sims Township by mistake if that happened. Um, that was by mistake. I, I mean, we didn't have a lot of money for postage that we were just throwing around to um, various communities. My understanding was it didn't even get mailed to the south side of Sycamore. It only went into the north side of Sycamore. And, the, and those uh, neighborhoods and communities up there, I understand you've received numbers of letters of people that enjoyed the event that night, even from their yards. Um, as far as the music went, I couldn't really control the band that I had already, you know, purchased a band for a party. And, you know, last year was unusual that we couldn't have a party necessarily per the rules of uh, the governor. 
uh, in our backyard, which is when we purchased it, I think was our vision. So I was hoping that the community could um, allow us to, um, you know, have some music in the park that night. And it, for the most part, last year's party was very low key. We social distanced within the uh, fencing that we put up. We had the tape measure out, putting up tables and making sure everybody stayed apart. We had a number of people showing up wearing masks. They did take them off when they ate the food. We had a lot of food left over that we donated to uh, Teen Challenge, um, charitable, once again, a charitable organization. You know, we're trying to find a way to celebrate uh, our independence from, from government. And uh, I think we did a pretty good job last year of keeping the park clean and abiding by the guidelines that you had asked us to. We were gonna have a beer garden and food booths and uh, you know, public band and dancing and all that. All that was very low key compared to what we'd like to do, you know, maybe this year, maybe not, but on into the future to build this event for the good of the community and celebrate, you know, um, celebrate our independence. So, you know, I, I hate to see that this is such a contentious situation around such a stressful time last year for all of us. So thank you for letting me talk. I hope that you will vote to, um, uh, you know, promote, promote this in newsletter because here's the thing, if and when we do go forward with this, the neighbors are gonna wonder what the heck is going on. And, uh, you know, to just be getting one postcard and no, no news of it on the, on the uh, newsletter or the website, I just wonder if you might get caught a little flat-footed then. That's my concern for all of you. Thank you. All right. Last chance for Mr. Fortin. If you're on the line there, uh, Mr. Fortin, did you wish to speak? Yes, uh, thank you. Sorry for the delay. My son had soccer practice. Um, first, uh, I would, uh, for anybody that's listening, uh, unfortunately due to um, severe drama, I will be forced to file a slander lawsuit against uh, Trustee Wiedemann. I regret that, but anyone can go back and reference the actual recorded meetings in June and July of 2020 regarding what was actually approved. Uh, myself and others in the community have dedicated our time and fortune as is sometimes described to put on an event for the community. And that's all we're trying to do. Last year, as a result of our efforts, the township received almost $2,000 uh, in various forms. And the parks committee this year recommended that the township not charge this event to rent the park so that the citizens, and we do this mainly for the children, could have more fireworks to watch. So we are supported by communities in the township it would be nice if the township, since it's sitting on however many tens of millions of our tax dollars, would not uh, reduce the number of fireworks that we get to see by charging us for things such as using the park. Thank you for your consideration. Thank you, Mr. Fortin. Anybody else? All right, following all those fireworks about the fireworks, where are we with this then? You have a permit application, Jason, you've got this request that fees be waived and 
I don't know if Mr. LaBarber commented on that, but Mr. Weidman and I certainly aren't in favor of that. Um, you need our approval to proceed with the permit. Is, is that what is in yeah. front of us here? Yeah. The other request is to promote the event. I think you better be clear about yeah. um, where we stand on that. All right. Mr. Uh, Mr. Chair, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I thought there may be one other issue too, which was whether sure. the permit, well, the insurance, which we've discussed, but whether the permit fee would only apply to the hours that they're actually in operation or if it would apply to the time that they are staging the event. Well, it should yeah. definitely apply to the time they're staging the event because it, we, it, it prohibits us from using those fields for any other reason. So um, I don't see I don't see why we would just say, look, your event is three hours long. We're going to let you rent it for three hours, but you need it for two for three days to prepare, set up, and then clean up. It doesn't make any sense to me. Agreed. Uh, Mr. Desai, and I know there's there's been suggestion from Mr. Weedman that uh, we shouldn't rent to Mr. Fortin at all, it sounds like, regardless of the plan. Um, in terms of renting our parks, is that the sort of discrimination the trustees do have discretion to do to decide who to rent things to? I'm, I'm curious as to that. Well, I mean, I certainly wouldn't describe it as discrimination. I mean, I, I think Mr. Weedman's points are um, valid in terms of um, what he viewed as non-compliance with the original um, granting of the request and uh, certainly um, the corollary um, behavior that was displayed at the July meeting that he showed us the clip from. But I think the, the, the way I would look at it legally is this. We have a permit process. The permit process applies to everyone equally. And we have a parks administrator um, who reviews those permit applications. So he as an administrative function of the township is going to make the decision as to whether or not the permit application is sufficient. What he has done is he has come to the board for some very specific guidance. A, um, can I rent um, uh, the park out to them and only charge them for X number of hours when they need it for this number of hours? Uh, B, a uh, secondary issue has arisen, which is given the uh, magnitude of the event, is this the type of event that the board, uh, as a public policy matter, wants to have a liability insurance uh, coverage for? Um, so the, these are the specific issues before the board. Um, the permit application process is applied equally by the township. It uh, doesn't matter who you are. Um, the only question here, as I heard it from our parks administrator was, I have these specific issues that <clears throat> are not part of the normal application process or the granting of a permit. I need the board to give me guidance. Mr. Petty, if the board were to take no action whatsoever, where does that leave you with this? Would a permit still be approved on standard terms of some sort for the duration of the event, or is this outside your discretion in your view? Yeah, I, I don't think that I can make a decision on this one way or another, especially when it, I mean, with, with all of the, with the vendors that he's going to have, the you know, uh, the food trucks don't necessarily concern me so much, but with having, you know, uh, uh, music, a beer garden and, and you know a private tents for, for for the you know the private event itself um i would feel more comfortable if the board of trustees made that decision 
if they could have that event aside from me. I, I have no problem uh, scheduling and giving permits to athletic organizations because I know what they're, you know, I, I know what's going to happen on the, you know, they're going to play soccer, they're going to play baseball. I, I don't feel comfortable making the decision on this. All right. Is there a motion from anyone as to this? There's quite a bit that he'd have to do. It was a bad precedent if we if we give them the fields. Uh, we said no alcohol, uh, so that's and uh, somebody had mentioned a stage before. We're not going to pay for a stage, the free venue. You can't give them a free venue. You're setting the precedent. We have already said no promotion. Um, and you need that insurance policy and, and the security that you had. Uh, Last year, last year I know he had security there when he did this, and I think he also had insurance last year. He had insurance and he had the security. Yeah. And so Rossi's so had, huh? had insurance for the fireworks. Okay. I think he had a, a writer also. We had a million dollar policy last year. So if it's a private event um, and you're doing a one day thing and they're not, and they're paying for it. Like you did, but but you have again enforcing the no alcohol, no promotion, and uh, my bad. What was that a motion? Or no, no, I'm just oh, saying okay. that yeah. I, would, yeah. I would. If you're going to go in that direction, well, I, I've got a question too. I, I guess as as to insurance and the security plan and all of that. In, in front of me, I have this letter I got by email and the map. Is there a plan that's been presented as the use of township? Uh, or sorry, Hamlet County Sheriff's deputies for security or for parking or any of that is no, not yet. Okay. Yeah, I, I I will say again, I'm not opposed to renting the ground to a township resident who wants to rent it on terms for the time it's being used. Uh, I don't see the township subsidizing this event in some way. If someone privately wants to come in and rent it for an event that they happen to open to the public and invite them, that's great. But it does put us at some risk, as Mr. Weedman has pointed out also, and Mr. Desai. And th there's certainly a need for insurance that was provided last year. I would expect it would be provided again. But this is a letter which you know promotes a, a nice event and says, please pay for it or subsidize it. I'm not interested in subsidizing it. And it doesn't sound like there's a motion to do that. If, if there's a, a more concrete proposal to do this, I'm willing to entertain that. Um, but it's, it's not a township event. One of the things I like living in Sycamore Township, like about living in Sycamore Township all these years is that all these communities around us like to spend their money to entertain our residents. I think that's great if they want to spend their taxpayer dollars on that. That's not something we typically spend our taxpayer dollars on though. And so I, I don't plan to start that with this event. So I don't know where that leaves us. I guess there's no motion as to this. You know, I, I, I'll, I guess I'll make a motion that we rent the township uh, park space to the organization making this proposal uh, for rent covering the entire period of occupation of the ground from start to finish, um, requiring a million dollar minimum insurance policy or more if the township administrator in his reasonable discretion determines more is prudent for the risk here, um, permitting the private hospitality tent and uh, 
food vendors and alcohol and fireworks as proposed. That's my motion. Is there a second from anyone as to that? No, because I, I don't want alcohol. All right, there's no second there, Mr. Weedman. Is there a second? No. All right, then that motion fails. So the uh, proponent is willing to come back with another proposal with a little more detail as to some of this. Maybe the board's view will be different, maybe not. Um, and maybe there's other ground in the township that can be rented if uh, the proponents want to do that or somewhere nearby and residents can enjoy it. But to use our park, it sounds like there's certainly no uh, consensus here to do that. So thank you for the proposal and for the enthusiasm and wanting to do this for the community. But right now it looks like it's not going to happen. So uh, let's move on then to the next item. Were there other parks matters or roads and maintenance matters? Yes, some more uh, parks matters. I just want to give uh, uh, Jason, uh, Jason and his uh, park crew, his park committee have done a great job. You remember we uh, asked them to put something together for movies and some music in the park, and then they had a short time frame and got some dates together and and some groups and uh, I know one movie, but all the dates have been set. So I don't know if Jason wants to touch on this, but they've, they've done a great job on that. Yeah, so we uh, we have the movie Princess Bride scheduled for June 19th. And we also have several concerts that we have scheduled. We have, uh, we have several uh, verbal confirmations. We have a few uh, written contracts already signed. Uh, so I'm going to go today. So uh, just to give you kind of a, a quick rundown of, of what we have scheduled so far, there was a nature walk tonight that happened that took place with Kathy Kugler and the Hamilton County Soil and Water Dish, uh, District at Bechtold Park. And there will be another, uh, another one Saturday, May 29th, and that will be a guided nature uh, creek walk for uh, kids and their families. And then on the 27th, there's a perennial thinning at Kimball Gardens, if anyone wanted to volunteer for that. And then the, um, the Saturday yoga in the park, I did get confirmation from NKO Yoga. They will be doing uh, yoga in the park at McDaniels on Saturdays at 11. And that will run from June 5th through, uh, I believe, the first Saturday in September. And so the, the first movie that we have scheduled is on uh, June 19th, it's The Princess Bride. We have on there the eight o'clock, the movie will start at dusk. So it's gonna be kind of, you know, whenever whenever that actually happens, they'll put it up. The movie company Fun Flicks should take about 20 to 30 minutes to get everything set up. They will run uh, the movie for us and they will play music before so uh, beforehand. Uh, Kona Ice is gonna be there between, uh, I believe seven and eight. And or, you know, um, selling the freeze, whatever those are. I don't know exactly what it's called, but ICs. So Kona Ice will be there, and I'm actually talking with a few different food trucks as well, trying to get them possibly there for the beginning of the event. Uh, probably not the entire thing, but some of the beginnings. Um, so then June 25th is the first concert that we have scheduled right now. The remains at Bechtold, and then um, July 10th would be the next movie that would be at McDaniel Sports Complex. And uh, the Parks Advisory Committee will be picking movies at our next uh, meeting. And since the movies are so far out and we're only gonna get licensing for one at a time, well, I don't know that we're gonna try to select all of them at once, 
but we'll probably just go through that. So they'll be, we'll be talking about which movies we're gonna pick as well. And so the next uh, concert after that, right now that we have scheduled will be July 16th. And that's at Bechtold and that's Ricky Nye. We actually have a signed contract for that one right now. And then the next movie that's scheduled after that is the 24th of July. That is at Bechtold. And then the 30th, we have Red Hot Riot. And that, I believe, I have it written down here at Bechtold, but we may, so we're we're still in the process of trying to figure out where we're, we're going to have, you know, which bands we're going to have at McDaniel, which bands we're going to have at Bechtold, but we still, we're, you know, finding out if we're going to rent the stage, how that's going to work out. But I believe that band may be at McDaniel. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, and then the seventh, which is going to be our 11th annual car show. And, and then we have the, that will be the next movie in the park will be that night as well. So the northern end of, northern end of Sycamore will be busy that day. <laughs> so we've got a lot going on. And then August, and that's, I'm sorry, that's the first uh, Saturday in August, August 7th. And then August 14th would be the next uh, concert, and that's String Theory. And they would also be at McDaniel. And then that next week, we will have Soul Crush on the 20th. They would be at Bechtold. And that's with uh, Gary Griffin, who is with the uh, Beach Boys. And he travels with Brian Wilson, 43 years with Brian. That's a, that's a nice band, too. And then that next, and then so we, and we had also discussed, now I have secured all the dates for the movies. That doesn't necessarily mean that we have to have movies for all of those dates. So if, if we start having movies and we don't really have a good turnout for any of them, we can always make that decision later on. And if we wanted to have maybe one a month or if we if we had to move that number around, we always could. But that is the next uh, movie is scheduled for the day after that Soul Crush concert. And then um, we have tentatively right now, the 27th of August is um, to be announced for music in the park and then the next movie in the park at mcdaniel would be the fourth of september and then i'm sorry yeah the movie at mcdaniel would be the fourth of september and then the 10th of september would be the next uh concert that we do not have i don't think i have that one scheduled yet there was one yeah, Brent James is Brent James. That's right. Brent James at Bechtold. Sorry. Brent James at Bechtold Park. And then that would be the last movie, would be September 8th, that we have scheduled for Bechtold Park on the 18th. And then Music in the Park on the 24th of September. At, uh, and I don't know right now whether that would be, I think we have McDaniel since Brent James would be at Bechtold. So that's what we have so far. And that was, you know, I do want to thank Lisa Hodge from the Parks Advisory Committee. Um, she did a tremendous amount of work uh, contacting the majority of these groups and scheduling, you know, getting confirmation dates and scheduling with them. So I know, I know, uh, you know, being on the Parks Advisory Committee for the last year now, um, it has been at times, you know, difficult because we felt like we've really wanted to get things on the schedule. But we just were not really sure the direction that we should be going, especially with COVID uh, last year made it difficult. But, um, you know, the last month, I think we have scheduled a lot, you know, we, we've done a lot. So I really do want to thank uh, 
Lisa and Jay for their work on the movies and the uh, and the concerts. Um, I mean, they really did make it very easy, easy to get all this scheduled in a short amount of time. And, and this is great. And I'm thrilled you guys have all these things scheduled now and that you've all been able to work together to make this happen. So thanks to all the Parks Committee members. Thanks to you for helping make this happen, too. And, yeah. you know, this this is a good and relatively inexpensive way to get the community together in various ways in these parks. We're not looking at big, expensive bands here. These will be you know, small scale events from a cost perspective, but I hope a lot of people will just turn out and have fun and be yeah. outdoors. So it's a very good thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for doing all this. I appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Yeah, that's all I have. So going on to uh, maintenance, uh, just a few updates on our projects we've got going on. Cougar Mill, uh, we're still on the west side. They are finishing up uh, storm sewer as early as tomorrow and uh, starting to excavate for curbs and sidewalks. So that project is moving along at a very good pace. Uh, the 2021 road program, if you remember, this is the program where we're doing 10 miles of road. Uh, Jurgensen got this, you know, we were concerned about, can we get this done all in one year? You know, this is about four years worth of paving, but it's being paid for by 25% of the unencumbered TIFs which has to be spent this year, but Jurgensen is knocking out. They've already paid, uh, it, it's been up north. They finished everything north today. So that has okay. all been paved and, and uh, completed. And uh, Heitmeyer subdivision, uh, they're still working on uh, base repairs, but they're supposed to put an inner layer down on Friday and pave on Saturday. So Heitmeyer should be done by the end of work Saturday, weather permitting. And uh, they're still working on curbs over here uh, behind the hospital. So these guys are really hitting hard, very impressive and doing a great job. The uh, product has been second to none. So we will have no problem getting this project done. Uh, sec, uh, third thing I have, if you've been on Montgomery Road, you know there's a lot of paving and uh, construction going on there. Uh, that uh, has been changed. If you remember, we had a lot of complaints about nighttime construction at the south end in the residential district. Uh, ODOT has changed that. Uh, Jurgensen is now working in the daytime at that end. Uh, and right now, they're over there milling paving as we speak. Uh, and uh, once they're over to approximately Chetbert, uh, when we really get into the business district, then that will be going back to nighttime work. So it's, it's actually helped because uh, that project and our project is Jurgensen. They're in the area, so they're, they're able to really hit it hard. So it's going to be very nice uh, when it's finished. So that brings me to Montgomery Road Crosswalks. Uh, if you remember, we... Uh, uh, put together a packet to do all the crosswalks with brick patterns, and that bid opening is Friday. So uh, we'll be looking forward to uh, seeing what those prices come in at. That's all I have, unless there's questions. Of course. <laughs> is ODOT going to fix the uh, potholes and holes they left at the edge of the crosswalks as they've been going through doing this work, such as at Galbraith and Hasbrook and various other places. They are going to fix all the 
potholes, they are not going to fix the new crosswalks right. that we put in. Yeah, but they left a gap between the curb and part of the crosswalk in yeah. a few places. Yeah. 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 Those will all be fixed. Very good. Anyone else have any questions? We're going to fix the crosswalks. No. Are, are we able to fix that graphic? We'll find out when we get our contractor. Yeah. I mean, those those are a, you can patch those. It's just a matter of how will they look when you're done. But sure. yeah, I, I believe we won't be able to fix those because ODOT will not do that. I mean, they'll they'll come back and just put regular white lines, but that's all you're going to get. Mm -hmm. This is probably not the place to tell you, but I noticed this periodically. There was a pothole on the left lane of Kenwood Road, immediately north of Montgomery Road, in front of the BP, near the center line. I know that's not our road. If you oh, could pass that out in the county, though. That's yeah. supposed to be there. Oh, that's supposed to be there. Okay. <laughs> that's slow. That's traffic with speed control. That's, that's a traffic right. calming device. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. Inverted speed control. I drove up, drive over it every once in a while, and I think I should call Tracy. So well, now you know. It's inverted, so you can still plow. Right? <laughs> exactly. All right. Anything else from roads, maintenance, parks? Anything of the sort? All right. Any questions for anyone? Then we shall move on. Planning and zoning. All right. No, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna speed it up tonight. Thanks for that vote of confidence. Is, is Chief Penny still here? Yeah. He's making snarky comments over I here. I know. Feeling the love right now. Okay. Uh, the first thing I have on uh, my section is a uh, a nuisance property that we have a resolution for. This is uh, eighty-seven fifteen Wicklow Avenue. Uh, this is tall grass and weeds. Uh, of course, this is the season for this. Um, hasn't been too bad uh, this year, at least at least not yet. Um, generally, we've been getting good responses from residents, but uh, unfortunately, this one appears to be a uh, a vacant property. You can see, and with all the rain we're having, this is just this is just uh, growing and getting out of hand. Uh, one thing that and I apologize, I didn't make it into the packet, but we're going to start with with all of these nuisance properties. We're going to, we're going to start creating this little um, uh, basic info sheet uh, for uh, for the trustees and for the public. Uh, basically, what the violation is, uh, citing uh, you know uh, the the police power that we're uh, citing, whether it's zoning resolution ORC. Uh, the uh, the complaint came from an anonymous resident. Uh, the date of the initial complaint was 4-13. Uh, violation letter went out on the 14th, and uh, the last inspection was on the 10th. So we're, we're still showing that this is um, that this is still an active violation. Uh, whether or not we've had any any type of communication with uh, uh, the owner or representative, which has been unresponsive, we did hear from a neighbor that that this may have been bought by a, a we buy houses group. Um, so at this point in time to resolve this, uh, we are going to have to, um, hire a contractor and just, just go in. So we have a resolution prepared for that. Mr. Miller, could I ask just a quick question? Yes, sir. Uh, could you go back to that public information list you had up? This? Yes. Yep. So, uh, I like this, this is a draft idea. in the works. Yeah. I like this idea. Um, <clears throat> we also, of course, for example, with, uh, um, a uh, tall grass and weed violation would have uh, 
power under the property maintenance code, correct? We have provisions there that address this. Uh, we do, but the authority, the, the reason that uh, we, we cited um, 505.87 is that's the authority we use in the resolution. Okay. Yeah. Um, when we issued the notices of violation, are we citing to the ORC or are we citing to the property maintenance code? Uh, generally the, the ORC, because that's our, that's our authority to, to enter the property. The, uh, the property maintenance code, while, while the provisions are there, uh, I think that I think that process for for abatement takes longer. Okay, so the notices of violation are not referencing the property maintenance code at all; they're just referencing the revised code. Yeah, I mean, we we could cite both. Um, I, I I liken this to uh, a police officer citing, you know, uh, you know, when they write you a ticket for speeding, they could they could cite both, you know, state law and and local ordinances. They typically pick one or the other, not not both. Um, we we could certainly um, uh, layer those those violations if if need be, and, and we now, have in the past. I like I like your reasoning, and I think you um, understood the uh, import of my question, which is you know as long as we are being consistent, the notice of violation cites the revised code, then it's perfectly fine with me that we. Put the that revised code in the public nuisance information list. I just wanted to make sure that uh, we were being consistent, and it sounds like, as always, we were. So that's great. All right, thank you, sir. All right, uh, gentlemen. Uh, unless there's any other questions about this property, I have a resolution to read. Okay, uh, resolution providing for and authorizing removal of vegetation, garbage, refuse, and other debris. And declaring a nuisance for the property located at 8715 Wicklow Avenue, Sycamore Township, Ohio, 45236. Motion to approve. Second. All right. Any discussion? Mr. Porter, will you call the roll then, please? Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Okay, uh, next we have a, a property that's actually already under uh, nuisance. Uh, the, the township uh, board um, passed a resolution declaring nuisance on 3684 earlier this year. Uh, we received, uh, unfortunately, we only received two bids, uh, but our, our typical enforcement uh, practice is to, is to uh, solicit bids from as many of our active vendors as possible. Um, in this instance, we have uh, the, the property, uh, the cost for cleanup, I suppose, is, is higher than the, the 2,500 that we're, uh, that we're allowed to um, authorize internally. So I do have two bids. This one's just to show you the high bid at 4,250. Uh, the, the winning bid, if you will, uh, came from Miami Valley Mitigation. Uh, this would, the, um, and we're requesting uh, essentially a, a purchase order uh, for uh, $2,945. Uh, Mr. Warwick has that, that PO uh, at the, uh, under his section, and it would be, it would actually be for Jerry McDaniel is, is the name the, of the vendor that we use. But that is the estimate which says- that, that, is, that is the estimate associated with Mr. McDaniel, yes. Uh, he is already an active uh, uh, vendor in our system that we've used. We have all the necessary paperwork and, and insurance documentation for him. 
Was this a residence or is this commercial property? Uh, this is a residence. This is, um, there's, there's two residences side by side that no one is living in, but there's um, uh, a, uh, essentially a, uh, a parking lot behind each of them where, where there's multiple cars that have been stored for years along with other uh, tarped materials and, and garbage. Okay. So and we've seen this before. It, 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 is, it is from a, a property currently under under violation and declared a nuisance. So I, I I should have had pictures of it. I apologize. I don't have them in the packet. That's okay. Yeah. All right. So should we wait for the PO until we're in the, the PO's at the end? This is just just me advising. You've you. already uh, approved this. He's just bringing you it because it's over the twenty five hundred dollars. That's all. Yep. Okay. Moving on. Okay, um, this next item is something, um, uh, I'll get to the resolution in a minute, but this, this has to do with my update on the Reading Road properties. Uh, this is the Drake Motel and the Carousel Inn. Um, these two properties, uh, as, as we've discussed before, they are in a foreclosure action right now. Uh, the courts have uh, assigned a receiver uh, to manage uh, these properties along with the, the rest of the Blue Tides portfolio. Um, uh, the chief, uh, Doug Morath, Kevin Clark, and I uh, went out and met with the receiver today. Um, actually, we were out there just a couple hours ago. And um, essentially through our conversation with them, uh, they agreed the properties are a mess. Uh, they're not secured. They're, a, they're an immediate health and safety uh, issue. And they have no money and no resources to, to, to properly manage them or fully secure them. Um, there was even discussion about the township, you know, providing funds to do this. So, uh, unfortunately, in the situation of, of you know, this, this receivership, um, if that's the proper term, Mr. Desai, the... Um, uh, the, they are they are given responsibility for the properties, but not necessarily a uh, uh, a war chest, if you will, to to properly manage them. So uh, any any major um, any major abatement activities on the site, they're going to have to go back to the courts, talk to the creditor, and and get approval for additional funds. Uh, so we advise them that you know the the township would be considering uh, putting a demolition order. On, on the properties um, uh, to, to either properly secure them or to fully demo the site. Um, he said, please do it. That just gives me, you know, more, uh, more leverage and, and kind of, you know, um, puts, puts more pressure on the, on the system. Uh, there were some questions about how we would properly, um, you know, move forward on this if we did decide to, to follow through with, with full demolition, um, what that final lien would look like, um, you know, and how that would, uh, or if that was it, what would the priority be? Would it survive the, you know, the, the court action uh, and the, um, you know, the, the, you know, a receiver sale. Mm -hmm. So those are all things I think we need to uh, do more research on and address, but if, if putting a demo order and, and notice on the site gives the receiver, you know, more leverage to, to bring more resources toward the property, I'd, I'd request that we, we go ahead and start the clock. 
Mr. Desai and I had a conversation earlier about this and other tools potentially available mm -hmm. uh, to us here, some of which we may want to discuss later. I don't know that we need to yet unless he wants to bring it up now, but uh, this does seem to be a logical first step here in terms sure. of whether we want to incur the cost ourselves of uh, taking it down later. That'll be a, a future question, I guess, but let's hope someone else acts on that instead. Sure. And and I think I think Chief can weigh in on this. You know, I I don't know if the board's going to decide to to ultimately demo the whole site, but uh, you know, expending some funds to to you know um, to secure the site, you know, may certainly be a you know a, a viable path forward. Um, no, know, they, we, we we see an immediate life safety issue here. There's definitely an immediate life safety issue. There's also uh, multiple multiple openings in that building for people to get in there. Um, broken windows, broken doors, plywood that's been put up, it's been pulled off. We, we saw the pictures. Yeah, yeah. Sure it's, 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 it's pretty, it's yeah, pretty messy. So, um, and unfortunately, it's only getting worse. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a matter of we want to get it, try to get it resecured or get rid of it. Mr. Desai. Yes, sir. If we were to uh, go to the expense of um, Go to the expense of, of raising some of those buildings that are really a problem. Um, where do we stand in line from a credit creditor standpoint? Are we are we first secured, or is the bank, or how does that work? Okay. So um, our priority would be chronological. Um, so we would just, you know, and, and as you are familiar, whoever files first is first priority. Whoever files second is second. So. The first answer is it would be chronological. Um, as Mr. Miller stated, um, receivership sales are somewhat akin to bankruptcy sales where certain liens get stripped. Um, and that's really the heart of the issue because I think some of the liens that are on the property um, uh, could get stripped and effectively bump us up. The next question then becomes what are lien gets stripped. Um, and this comes down to a question of lien versus assessment. Um, I had an, a conversation with an attorney who has been down this path before. Um, their view was that because it's an assessment, it would not get stripped. I had um, my associate, uh, Emily Kajawa, do independent research on this. <clears throat> She found a case uh, which is called Williams versus Schneider. Uh, and there, Parma Heights had a lien on a property that they improved. And it was levied as a special assessment for the improvements. Um, the court held that when the property was sold by the receiver, um, uh, it basically stripped that assessment. So that's a long way of me saying, we don't have a clear answer as to whether or not our, if you want to call it a lien or if you want to call it an assessment, would get stripped by the sale. So it sounds to me kind of risky. Uh, it, 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 in terms of whether that would survive. And then the third issue is presuming it would survive um, unless there was some type of allocation like you see in a chapter 11 sale where only a certain percentage is paid on the dollar would there be enough proceeds to satisfy the lien, even if it, did, if it survived? So those are the issues we have to um, uh, consider. 
Um, there are some things that we might be able to do. Uh, we're in front of a good judge on this foreclosure action. Um, I think the judge would be sympathetic to the public safety um, hazard that this property poses. Um, and we might be able to convince the judge um, that we should be allowed to intervene in the case and that because of the public safety interest, which is only going to grow as the months get hotter, correct, uh, that perhaps there ought to be some priority given to our costs associated with this. Um, honestly, I've never done that before. I would be re not reinventing the wheel, but I'd be doing this from scratch. So I can't provide any guarantee as to how the judge would ultimately rule upon that. Um, so, um, I think the best approach tonight is for the board, if it is so inclined, to take this first step um, and then allow us to evaluate whether it's better to um, go ahead on our own or to go to the court and say to um, his honor, here is a resolution that was passed due to the safety hazard issues that are well documented by our fire department and our property maintenance uh, department. Here's what we'd like to do. The receiver's on board. Um, what can we do to get creative to make sure these costs are paid? And because they're obviously gonna be significant. Thank you. All right. Any further questions about the uh, resolution or the process here from anyone? wild thought, would it be possible for some of the local fire departments and townships and communities to contract with the receiver for permission to use it as a training project for a controlled burn? That'll achieve the demolition and train you guys. We can do that. Yeah. All right, can you present the resolution then, Scott? Yes, sir. Uh, resolution declaring a nuisance and providing for notice to parties in interest and an opportunity for a hearing authorizing building removal for the properties located at 8100 Reading Road, 8109 Reading Road, 8001 Reading Road, 7979 Reading Road, Sycamore Township, Ohio, auditor's parcel numbers uh, 0-0-0-7 and dispensing with the second reading. Motion. Motion. Second. Mr. Barbara beat you that time. Is there a second, Tom? Second. All right. Thank you. Any further discussion? Mr. Porter, will you call the roll, please? Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. Miller, okay, anything so else? Can I achieve something? Oh, yeah. Uh, with as long as it takes for resolutions something like this to go through, if this is an immediate risk of safety, is, should we be boarding this up? You need a I lot. Mean, of I, I know you're not going to be able to secure it forever, but we've had fires in there. We don't want anybody killed in this place. Sure. We do have the authority under the property maintenance code to do that. It would require quite a lot of lumber, but yes. Um, and then there are natural openings that you can't board up. Right? That you know, i.e., the 
part that was on fire that's opened up and then some of the common hallways that are part of the natural design of the building but I mean you could make an attempt to it but you can't guarantee that you're going to keep people out of it because so is it a practical thing to board it up in other words it, don't I, the I would be throwing out a number saying we're looking at 50 to 75 uh four by eight sheets of plywood as a start uh rental you can't uh, even get those rental fencing would would possibly secure some other areas i mean if if you want to do anything, even if you used a barricade tape or a, 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 the, the um, contractor fence to put around the place, mm -hmm. you're you're not keeping people out, but nope. you're you're protecting the township by saying we're trying to, and we're warning people to stay out of there. Well, it, right now there's just an open driveway to drive in. Doors are open, windows are open, everything's open. Help yourself. But don't we have yellow? Don't we have yellow safety? Yeah, I mean it's it's not going to keep people out, but it's 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 us telling them this is a warning, keep out because yeah. the tape has warning, stay out, keep out. So okay. we we would be saying we could get signs, post signs down there from Sycamore Township or the fire department saying keep out. I mean it's just a a way to say we're attempting to yeah. to make it safe. But the people who want to get in, are going oh, they're going to get in anyway. If you yeah. ply, if you plywood it up, they're going to get in because they yeah. go in there with hammer and like pull the plywood. They've been doing it for three yeah. years now. Yeah, I mean, all, so, every every door that we're talking about was was at some point secured. Yeah, so ultimately, the place needs to come down. Exactly. Ultimately, the place yeah. needs to come down. Yes, sir. Yeah. It, so, it yeah, is certainly yeah. a danger to the people who choose to go in there and endanger yes. themselves. You're, you're, you're creating a very expensive mm -hmm. band-aid with boards. Yeah. yeah. The question is, we have residents living very near there mm -hmm. in the township, of course. Are they currently directly endangered by the status of the property? Mm -hmm. That's no, what I, would I, don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's a structure fire that would jump. No, that there's no danger of it. I'm, I'm more concerned about people getting in there, they falling are. asleep. And there's no there's no fire protection for them. There's no smoke alarm. Matter of fact, we walked in one of those places today, and there was a smoke alarm beeping. So somebody <laughs> that was living there put their own smoke detector up just to protect themselves. Because that battery didn't last no ten years. That <laughs> right <laughs> since that place has been empty. Well, it's good they're being careful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Uh, uh, the other thing that was on the agenda uh, was a purchase order for Microsoft Office 365. We actually, I, I believe, we have an active purchase order that covers that right now. Um, we just got to make sure that it survives that transition between Bucks and UAN. So I, I don't think we need that on the agenda tonight. Was this for just an individual or isolated set of PCs we, or is this a renewal of an annual plan? Uh, well, it, it's a continuation of the monthly plan that we have for for every um, uh, every account. So, okay, but no action needed. No action it. needed tonight. All right. Anything further from planning, zoning, or technology? Uh, nothing else, unless there's questions for me. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, move on then to the law director report, Mr. Desai. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Just a, a few things. Uh, we've already talked about the blue property case. The other two things on my agenda uh, were the House of Brow case. Uh, a week from tomorrow, we are scheduled for oral argument on all the pending motions. 
uh, most importantly, um, our motion to enforce the settlement agreement. Um, and then on the willis muller BZA appeal, uh, as I reported the board previously here in front of the Court of Appeals, uh, I regret to inform you that I'm still not told that there is a settlement reached between the property owner and Muller High School. Um, our brief is uh, due uh, June 4th. Um, so my office is actively working on drafting that brief. Um, there is still ongoing discussion between uh, the appellant and Muller, so there is hopes that they will reach resolution. Um, other than that, I don't have anything further unless the board has questions for me. Anyone have any questions for Mr. Desai? No. No. All right. Thanks, Mr. Desai. We'll move on to the administrator report. Thank you. First thing I have is uh, uh, amending appropriations. This is to take care of the capital expenditures that we reviewed with you over the last couple of meetings. Uh, we showed our five-year plans for police, fire, and maintenance. And uh, what I'm asking you to uh, appropriate tonight would cover all the spending for the three departments for 2021. And uh, it's a total of $610,000. It is all TIF eligible. So I'm taking it out of a, a TIF. And uh, that will cover all of the action that uh, uh, the departments want to take with respect to capital spending this year. Yeah, um, can I ask a question regarding the, uh, uh, you said this is maintenance, police and fire? Yes. And so is what, what, what in a, how much of it is going to maintenance and what was originally allocated in our appropriation budget at the beginning of the year for maintenance? We didn't do any capital budgeting at the in uh, the round that we did in December, only operational budgeting was done. Capital budgeting was not done. It was not ready at that time. So when you say not ready, what does that mean? We didn't have it together yet to ask for the for it to be appropriated. What did we use? What did we spend last year in, in maintenance on uh, capital? I, I don't know. I don't know that we spent much at all. No, we spent close to the same amount as this year. We bought, we bought a uh, dump truck. Uh, I don't have the list in front of me, but it was close to uh, this year also. Okay, I'm just curious why we didn't we didn't have some kind of allocation at the beginning of the year in that category. That's all. I don't have any other questions. Anyone else questions or anything to add, Mr. Ward? No. Okay. Um, a resolution amending 2021 appropriations, dispensing with a second reading and declaring an emergency. Motion. Second. Any discussion? Mr. Porter, will you call the roll? Mr. LaBarber? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Next up is uh, uh, maintenance is uh, ready to move ahead with a couple of. Uh, their capital items, uh, police and fire are not uh, prepared to move ahead on anything. So uh, we have some resolutions to move ahead with some of the maintenance items. Um, this first one buys uh, two uh, 2021 Chevrolet Silverados. And uh, does it, uh, what kind of replacement are we doing, Tracy? How's that working again? 
bringing in two. Yeah, we're bringing in two. Uh, one will be auctioned off uh, later after we, we get the uh, new units in, and another one, another portion of our uh, capital this year is to buy a utility bed that we are going to take the dump bed off, uh, use the same chassis, put a utility bed on it, and make it a service truck for the mechanic rather than buying a, a new truck. Can you read that? <laughs> so I have a resolution authorizing a contract for the purchase of two 2021 Chevrolet Silverado 6500 HD cabin chassis and dispense it with a second reading. Motion. Second. Any discussion? A little small. Sorry about that. All right. Uh, Mr. Porter, will you call the roll, please? Mr. LaBarber? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. The next resolution is uh, handling the equipment for these uh, two new trucks. As you read on the resolution, this is everything that goes with it. This is your bed, your plow, your hitch, your hydraulic system, dump body, hoist, electric, everything. The only thing that you, you get with the truck is a cabin chassis. So this is a resolution authorizing a contract for the purchase of equipment for installation on two 2021 Chevrolet Silverado 6500. 6,500 HD trucks and dispensing with a second reading. Motion. And a second. Any discussion? Mr. Porter, call the roll, please. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Thank you. Uh, I have some uh, large POs. Uh, the first one is for FunFlix Outdoor Movies. Uh, this is the, the movies in the park. This would be the uh, company that's going to bring the projector and the screen and all, and it's for the amount of $5,284.44. Motion to approve. Do I have a question before we go? Okay, well, we, okay. Have, we have a motion. Is there a second, first of all? I have a question first. Um, um, before I go approving this, a second. Right. There is no second. Te technically, as a matter of parliamentary procedure, second we are first. supposed to second before we discuss. Okay, we there is a second. Okay, thank you. Uh, Jason, on this... Uh, it says seven, the quantity of seven for $5,284.44. This is just allocating that. We're not giving them the money now. This is, if we want to see three movies, we can say three and then stop it. That's correct. We're not, we're not bound by this. That's correct. Okay, that's all I have. Okay, any further discussion from anyone? Mr. Porter, we call the roll. Mr. LaBarber. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Okay, second PO is number 114. This is for Criterion Pictures. This is for the movies, uh, their self, and it comes to a total of $3,500. Motion to approve. Second. Any discussion? This will be the same as, as the other, right? Is that correct, Jason? That is correct. As long as, as long as the movies that we're selecting are not new releases, and because the, that's the only thing that will change with the licensing is if the crowd is larger and if the movie is newer. So if we have three movies instead of seven, we can chop it off to three. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. yeah. So how many is this thirty five hundred for? That would I would have to. I mean, it would just depend on what movie you're getting. Okay. That would that would really determine the movie and the size crowd. I don't imagine that we're going to probably be bringing crowds larger than two hundred. So when you get up and over the two hundred uh, spectator range, the price for the licensing goes up. 
but I would say that I, I can't see us mm. having crowds that large for a movie, but I, I don't know. It's, it's complete speculation. Um, so, in the reference, doer, how much does Princess Bride cost? I believe Princess Bride was $350. Okay. Yeah, because when you look at this, we see quantity of one and the yeah. price is $3,500. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That would be for the entire series. Right. This is spending authority for us. Uh, yeah, this, 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 exactly. so. yeah. But yeah, it's good to point out what each does cost here, certainly. I, I'm, I'm curious since you brought it up, too, though. If Let's say we assume we're not going to have more than 200, and then lo and behold, we have lots of families show up, and there's more than that. Is there an audit process afterward, or is it based on our reasonable expectation? No, I, I think it's expectation. Yeah, because yeah, okay. I'm not going to be having anyone count the crowd or anything. And that's the other thing we're not selling tickets. Yeah. So it would be completely different if we were selling tickets to the event, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that you're not going to get more than 200 people. Yeah. If it looks like it's close to 200, don't count. Just yeah. <laughs> really. yes. All right. Any further discussion? Mr. Porter, will you call the roll, please? Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Thank you. Next is uh, PO123. This is for Jerry McDaniel, the guy that's cleaning up the property that Skylar presented to us, and it's for $2,945. Second. Any discussion? Mr. Porter? Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Next is purchase order uh, number 120. This is to McCluskey Chevrolet. Um, and this would be a PO for the two Chevy Silverados. The two together are $109,722. Motion to approve. Second. Discussion? Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarra? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Uh, next is to Kimco. It's PO 121. This is once again uh, equipment for the trucks, uh, salt conveyor and hopper. Goes along with the uh, maintenance program, part of the uh, capital spending. And the conveyor and hopper come to 87.27 and 59 cents. Motion to approve. Second. Discussion. Mr. Porter. Bill Barbara. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Yeah, this uh, 122 covers the second resolution that Tracy presented. This is for the equipment for the two trucks, and it comes to $103,500. Motion to approve. And second. Discussion? Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. And the last one is 127. This is to carpet tile. It's for the carpet for the community room, the last step in the refurbishment of that room. And the cost is $9,300. Motion approved. Second. Discussion? Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Okay, a couple quick other things. Our next meeting is June 1st, and that's also the meeting of our JED, quarterly JEDs. I would suggest that we keep that meeting as hybrid, and that uh, especially for the JED meetings, I think it is uh, works pretty smoothly doing it, as long as we can still use Zoom. 
and we'll do that part in Zoom, then I would suggest that the uh, trustee portion of the meeting could be hybrid also. Um, I would like to ask the board to consider an adjustment in July meetings. July right now, the regular meetings would be the 6th and the 20th. The 6th is the day after the holiday, and we have many folks on vacation that week. I would ask that the board maybe consider that we cancel the July 6th meeting and insert a meeting on July 13th. And the reason that I say that is we're in the process of doing our, our tax budget, and that date would work well for us to present that tax budget on the 13th because we have to work backwards. We have to have a, a 10 days prior to give a notice. And we have to have the whole thing prepared by then. So um, skipping the 6th because of the uh, a lot of people being on vacation, the 13th would work for the tax budget. And I would also uh, say that we could make July a one meeting uh, if you want, we could turn around and have another meeting on the 20th, doesn't matter to staff, but we would be prepared if we had a single meeting in July to be able to be, uh, have everything arranged that uh, proper bills could be paid and all of that. Why don't, we, uh, why don't we just leave the 20th on there and then decide later on? Can we do that? Do whatever you want. Yeah. Either way works with me. I'm fine uh, yeah. not meeting the week of the 4th, though, because I think that will be a travel week for some people. So, Ray, you're saying your, your proposal was to meet just on the 13th, and you're telling us that you can have everything that you need for both of those meetings to take place on the 13th? That's our goal, yes. We probably jinxed that now by saying that. Well, we've already talked about it. So, I mean, but we can wait. I mean, if everything's. No, I say the 13th is fine. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying, see, that right. for the 20th, wait and see, maybe we will need another meeting. So we can determine that later as we move along. Is that all right? Is that. Yeah, we can cancel it on the uh, uh, on the when we meet on the 13th, we yeah. could cancel it. We just need what 48 hours. Yeah, either works with me uh, or if we were just to need to do a special meeting later in the month to approve things, we could always do that quickly, too. We'd still have Zoom authority. And if we needed to no matter right. where we were. Yeah. Right. So. So to we'll move the meeting, the motion to cancel and reschedule for the 13th. Though. Yeah, that'd be nice. Okay. Is there a motion? I'll make a motion that we uh, we cancel the uh, meeting schedule for July 6th and uh, move it to July 13th. We'll second that though. All right. Any discussion? Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. That is all I have. Any questions for Mr. Warwick from anyone? All right, uh, then we shall move on to the fiscal officer report. Mr. Porter, you are up. Yes, we had receipts of $554,256.63, disbursements of $1,011,102.90. A list of all the receipts and disbursements is available in the packet. Motion to approve. Second. Any discussion? Mr. Porter, will you call the roll, please? Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Anything else, Mr. Porter? Uh, nothing further. Okay, thank you, sir. And uh, trustee comments then. Mr. Uh, Weedman, you are up. Um, yeah, so um, 
we had our Hamlin County COVID defense team meeting on Monday, and we concluded that it was time to disband the, the group at the end of the month as the county is opening back up per CDC and state guidelines. On, uh, on Monday, we were averaging 55 cases a day over the last week compared to 716 cases a day in December. So we've come a long way since December. Uh, we have 34 patients in the ICU with 30 of them on ventilators. So once again, these numbers are, are negligible compared to what we had in December and, and uh, extremely manageable for the, uh, for the hospital system in the county. Um, nearly 80% of the people 65 years of age and older in Ohio have received at least one dose of the vaccine. Um, if you have not received the vaccine, but you want to get it, there are plenty of places available through the county for you to choose from. If you go to Health Collab, H-E-A-L-T-H-C-O-L-L-A-B.org slash vaccine dash info. Let me say that again, healthcollab.org slash vaccine dash info. If you go to that site, it will show you every location in Hamilton County that is currently has vaccine available. It'll show you when and where they actually are located. And it'll also show you which vaccine they're distributing. So you have a, a wide variety to choose from. You can go anywhere in the county and get all three of the vaccines if you choose, uh, whatever one you want. So um, Hamilton County Township Association is gonna meet by Zoom with State Representative Bill Sykes on, on uh, Thursday, May 27th at 7 p.m. Uh, I believe notices will be going out tomorrow morning to all the members. Uh, next week is the grand opening of the new graders on Montgomery Road. I had a chance to get the nickel tour yesterday and it's gonna, it's, it's a fantastic addition to our Kenwood Business District. So uh, looking forward to that. And finally, I wanna thank Jason Petty and the Parks Advisory Committee for all their hard work in organizing our bands and the movies in the parks for the summer. Also, thanks for adding Saturdays to the already successful Sunday yoga in the park. I continue to get great responses from our residents on yoga in the park. So uh, thanks, Jason, and, the, uh, and, and to the Parks Advisory Committee for all they do. That's all I have. Mr. LaRobert. And uh, I was on the health call this morning with Commissioner Greg uh, Kesterman, the Hamlet uh, County health call. And again, as Mr. Weedman mentioned, 55 cases per day. Considering a while back, we were at 716. It's incredible. Um, the best defenses they pointed out get vaccinated. Uh, we are getting to the point where we're transitioning now to orange. We're going to lose the red, hopefully in a week or so, and go back to orange. And um, the end of, end of uh, this whole thing is going to be June 2nd, uh, and all the environments. It's a gray area, though, as we go into that, as we transition. If you aren't vaccinated, I recommend to wear masks to protect yourself. Uh, same policy could it be in a business, a restaurant, whatever. You go in and then they say you need to have a mask. It's the same as no shirt, uh, no service. Uh, and it's, but however, it's no longer enforceable as a uh, health order. And uh, nothing on the final uh, in, information on the townships and the American Rescue Plans, according to Denise and the Greg Kesterman today. As we transition into a different phase, we will have the county uh, uh, health meeting uh, scheduled again next Tuesday, and I think we're gonna phase out of that. And uh, I would recommend to all our residents of Sycamore Township to do what I did, uh, go to vaxamillion.com and fill out that simple form, and you could be a millionaire. And it's Ohio. 
OhioVaxamillion.com, I think. But uh, yeah. I can, I can address the. I can address the. Uh, and I, and Bill Sykes will do this once again on the uh, on the 27th. But I can address what looks like the uh, the federal money going to townships. Um, 50,000 population and over will be directly um, uh, funded by the federal government. And all those that are less than 50,000 uh, in residence will um, be funded through a formula that the state, I don't believe, has actually put together yet. But um, I would assume that population will, will, uh, will be a uh, main driver in their formula, and um, which is similar to local government funds. So um, uh, we are going to get money. The question is uh, how it's going to be distributed through the state. And so we'll, we'll still have more information on that, hopefully, by the 27th. Thanks, Tom. And yes, I've reviewed that initial regulation too, and it appears population is the standard the state is supposed to use to distribute to us and other townships. The good news is that regulation-wise, at least, we've been included in the definition of non-entitlement unit of government, which is a weird government term that just means government, uh, but looks like we'll be getting the money. So that that's certainly good. That will be helpful to the township that we get to share in this giant trough of money the federal government is unleashing on all the governments in the in the country here uh, from our tax dollars, but uh, we'll be sharing in that at least. Um, I'd like to thank the Parks Committee, Parks Director as well, and everyone here too for planning all these things for the summer. I think it's going to be an exciting time. It's exciting that the world is reopening, certainly, and uh, I hope we can all be back together here, uh, all together in the meeting room. I know Mr. Warwick suggested we have the next meeting as a hybrid also, and for the JEDS meetings, I think that does make a lot of sense. A lot of people are in and out, but I would encourage uh, those of you who aren't here in the room to consider being here at that next meeting too, um, and hope you can do that. Tom, thanks for getting the Township Association meeting organized there. Um, glad to hear that. Look forward to participating in that also. And I just want to thank our Township staff, many of whom aren't here for the hard work they've been doing. Uh, Beth Gunderson is one of them. She uh, helps with the minutes from our meetings, and she's participating in this call on Zoom right now, but not on video. And I know she's been hard at work on our newsletter and other things, and she's always very responsive. So I just want to say thank you in particular to her. Um, those are all my comments. Announcement changes. Check our calendar, of course, for everything that's going on and for any last minute changes. We have the bid opening uh, for the Montgomery Road Crosswalk Pavement Marking Program that Mr. Kellams mentioned coming up on Friday, May 21st at 10 a.m. The Land Use Steering Committee meeting is Monday, May 24th at 9 a.m. here in this building. Check the calendar for everything else and other things that may be happening. Uh, we have an executive session on the agenda uh, regarding what I understand is an offer to purchase some township property that we need to take a look at at least. Um, so I would move that we adjourn into executive session with Law Director Deepak Desai, as permitted by Ohio Revised, sorry, Ohio Revised Code Section 121.22 to discuss sale of township property. Second. And, all right, have a second as to that. Uh, and in doing so, I would invite uh, my fellow trustees, the fiscal officer, the law director, Mr. Kellums, Mr. Miller, Chief Penny, if you'd like to join us as well. I don't purchase property. And even Mr. Petty, if he wishes, although I don't think I don't purchase property. All right. Uh, and Mr. Warwick, of course, yes. Uh, although he'd probably just as soon not have to meet anymore. Uh, so we need a vote on this. Mr. Porter, will you call the roll as to the vote? Barbara? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. And I will note that it is approximately 8.47 p.m. currently as we're adjourning into executive session. Um, 
Mr. Ebel, what is the protocol here currently for this hybrid meeting for that? All right, and the rest of us stay in the room. I'm so, glad, I'm so glad that camera was focused on that. <laughs> Were you sleeping? Right, you're gonna sit in on my camera. Be my honor. <laughs> Are we doing a five minute break? Yeah. But it is still being recorded.
Good. Very good. All right, missing Mr. Porter. I'm happy the screen share is yeah. being more responsive than the, than the first dry run. Yeah. That, uh, that's good. All right. Are we all back? I believe we are. Mr. Porter, would you call the roll? Mr. LaBarbera? I'm here. Mr. Ja Mr. James? Here. I'm Mr. here. Mr. You're muted, Tom. Present. All right, he is here. It is 8.56 p.m. and we have returned from executive session and had our roll call. Is there any further business, gentlemen? Motion to adjourn. Second. Any further discussion of any of that? Mr. Porter, you can call the roll on that if you like. Mr. Barbara. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Bye-bye. We are adjourned as of 8.56 p.m. Have a good evening, everyone. Thank you. So long. Take care. Good night. Good night.